I love this church. We love you, man. Um, all right. I'm going to discipline myself to go through my slides today. So I'm going to get this done. Jesus name. <laughs> this is, uh, you can put that up. This is uh, the New Wine, New Wineskins Part 2. I uh, got Part 1 a couple weeks ago, and we talked about new wine being uh, metaphorical for the, uh, the outpoured Holy Spirit, kind of the fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit. So we don't in any way denigrate the past moves of God. Um, those moves of God, I still believe, have the life of God in them and are pulsating throughout the kingdom of God throughout the earth. But um, there are always new outpourings of the Spirit of God. And when the Spirit of God is outpoured, then he is inpoured into us. And so this is the uh, meaning of the new wine of the Spirit. And so we're going to be talking about not just the new wine. We talked more about the new wine two weeks ago. We're going to be talking about the new wineskin, which is the container for the new wine. So in the natural, of course, you understand wineskin wine coming in, the new wine or the, the, uh, what's called the sweet wine in the scripture. This uh, is the wine that is um, in need of a lot of fermenting. And when it ferments, uh, produces um, alcohol and carbon dioxide, and the carbon dioxide pushes against the skin as the fermentation process goes on. And so this is particularly strong when the... the um, the grape juice is being uh, yeasted, added, yeast is added to the grape juice, and then the fermentation process takes place in the wineskin, and, and that's why the wineskin needs to expand, because the gas that's produced will push against the wineskin. And if the wineskin is not stretchy and elastic, then it will burst and everything will be lost. So this is it, and the application to that is, of course, the structure of church, the structure of kingdom of God that, that uh, we experience, uh, we who know the Lord, and we're utterly dependent upon the power of the Holy Spirit to do everything, at least I am, and I'm assuming you are too. It's a deep lesson to learn about walking in the Lord, that we, we're absolutely dependent on the Lord's guidance and the Lord's empowerment in all that we do. So, we're looking at the container today. What does it mean for us to be a new wineskin of the new wine of the Holy Spirit? Because what's coming up in the earth and is starting to manifest now at various places in the earth, various pockets uh, of God's outpouring, is this great, great outpouring that's coming. It may be, who knows, but it may be the prophesied last great outpouring of the Holy Spirit that will precede the literal, physical coming of the Lord back to the earth. We don't know. We believe there will be such a, an outpouring. Uh, it's been prophesied that during the, this outpouring that's coming, and it may be the one that is up on the horizon coming fast toward us, or it may be something in the future still, we don't know, but that a billion human beings will be swept into the kingdom of God. And the gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed 
in every nation of the earth, and then the end will come. So we may be there, or it may be in the future, but whatever it is, we want to be ready for it. So we're talking about the new wine and the new wineskin. So here we go with the new wineskin. Talking about the structure of the new wineskin, as it pertains particularly to us here at the barn, but I believe also as it pertains to what God wants to do all over the earth in all of his churches who want the new wine of the Spirit and all of the kingdom activities that want the new wine of the Spirit. Alicia spoke of a mission organization she's part of. That's not technically a church, but it is an expression of the kingdom. The technical term for it is parachurch. Para means alongside. So a parachurch organization is a kingdom Christian organization that works to promote the kingdom of God and the gospel alongside the local church, which is the primary structure of the kingdom of God on the earth. Okay? All right, characteristics of a new wineskin structure. First of all, it must be, by definition, flexible. That's the understanding of what a new or a fresh wineskin is. Now, we talked two weeks ago about the meaning of the word new New can mean brand new, never having been used before, or it can be renewed in the sense of something that was had gotten old but was then renewed and became pliable and usable once again. So that's an interesting concept. I ended the teaching two weeks ago with that concept because churches that have been around literally for hundreds of years, even thousands of years, can become fresh wineskins for the outpouring of the new wine if two processes are allowed to take place in the wineskin. And this is true of the natural wineskin and the spiritual wineskin. Number one, there needs to be a cleansing of the skin. And two, there needs to be an immense soaking of the skin in oil. Now, you know what oil is. Oil is the power of the Holy Spirit. Oil is the Holy Spirit. And so when the Holy Spirit is poured out, if even an old, inflexible wineskin will allow itself to be soaked in the presence of God, then that wineskin can be renewed and once again can be flexible and usable for God in the fresh thing that God is doing. So that's really awesome. That's... I mean, there's no, no church, no kingdom organization on the face of the earth that's outside of that category. So all can be used. I mean, I love it. You know, I'm studying revival again. <laughs> and um, it's just so awesome when revival hits in a locale uh, as big as a nation, as small as an, an area or a region. It seems like most of the time, all of the structures of God, all of the local churches and the, the places where God's people go and meet and, and minister, they all fill up with renewed people. So no one's left out. Denominational barriers just become inconsequential. So awesome. Yeah, it's so great. And so, I'm, I mean, that's already true to some degree because the Holy Spirit has been moving powerfully in the prayer movement in the kingdom of God over the past 20 or 30 years in the earth. But that great prayer movement, I believe, has, has functioned as the furnace 
that is fueling up this great fire of God that's, that's coming upon the earth. Good fire, good fire of God coming. So flexibility, capable to, capable of adjusting and readjusting quickly depending on what the Holy Spirit is doing. The definition of flexible is able to be easily modified to respond to altered circumstances, circumstances or conditions. Now, we are a church that truly wants to be that kind of wineskin. And this morning, again, the Holy Spirit is good at giving us an object lesson, right? How did he know I was going to teach on this? So he's provided a show and tell, right? So we had Caleb up here. I wonder if I'm now standing in this spot. If I start playing the keyboard, will I sound like Caleb? Where's your faith? Oh. I think I'm starting to sound like Bethany. Sorry, Bethany. <laughs> Mangled your voice. You have a much better voice than that. But now I'm Caleb. <laughs> so, <laughs> I didn't know you were in the room. <laughs> All right, so he announces this call forward, right? And so it happens, and the Holy Spirit just takes over. Do you realize how many gifts of God were flowing during that period of time? And we had them all precisely scripted out. We knew who was coming up and exactly what they were going to say. And So, you know what? If you don't give place to that, it'll never happen. You have to give the freedom to the Holy Spirit that he wants to have when we gather. So, this flexibility, able to be easily modified to respond to altered circumstances or conditions. So, the fermentation process within the skin will push the skin over here, and it will have to be able to stretch over there. And then, and then there might be a receding, and then it will be pushing again up here. And So, you never quite know where that carbon dioxide is going to go and how it's going to push, but you have to be, if you're a wineskin, you have to be prepared to stretch wherever the Holy Spirit will call you to stretch. So a, a new wine struck, new wineskin structure welcomes the new wine in pouring. Is it a new wineskin statement, colon, We've never done it like that before, so we're not going to do it like that here. That's a death knell to the moving of the Holy Spirit in the immediate presence, right? So we have to be able to welcome the inpouring of the new wine of the Spirit. When I'm in charge of leading a meeting... I've got my antennae up in two directions. Number one, I'm monitoring kind of what's going on out here. And number two, I'm always listening for the voice and the direction and the whisper of the Holy Spirit. And often the Holy Spirit will work through the people who are 
coming up and wanting to do it because that's the way we have things set up here, right? There is a mechanism of oversight that we have, and so we find that the Holy Spirit honors that and he will work through that. So, But there are times also when I feel, again, if I'm the meeting leader, I will feel like the Lord just simply wants it to go in another direction. And I have to be careful not to overthink it because once I receive that directive from the Lord, I believe God's efficient. Do you believe God's efficient? So I believe God doesn't like wasted time. So when he gives a directive... Most of the time, unless he says, this is not for now, it's for later, most of the time, what he says ought to be done in the immediate present. All right? I think that's a principle in spiritual life. So what we hear, we do. As a matter of fact, we're going to talk a little bit later on about the concept of obedience, and I've told you this before, but it was a real eye-opener to me, so, so I'm just beating you over the head with it week after week. But the word obey... The Greek word for obey literally means to do what you hear. So that's a really easy way to understand how to walk obediently in our Christian life. So what we hear, and we could hear directly from the Holy Spirit. We could hear through the scripture as he illuminates that to us. We could hear through someone else speaking to us prophetically or not even knowing that they're speaking. You ever notice how people will, people will be used by God to speak to you and they have no idea they're doing it? But they are. They're being used by the Lord. All right. So welcome, the new wine in pouring. Joyfully makes new room for the freedom of the Spirit rather than expecting the Spirit to fit into an old structure. We adjust the structure to be able to fit into what the Spirit wants to do. And we don't always get it right. None of us is infallible. None of us is perfect in how we do this. But God has mercy on us and we do the best we know how to do, and so we, we, we lead out, we adjust the structure according to what we feel the Holy Spirit is wanting to do. Finally, the new wineskin structure has a basic but adjustable organizational structure. Now, for those of the, you in business or in any form of worldly organization, you're right at home with this. This is an org chart, right? This is an organizational structure. So there are people who lead things, There are people who have responsibility to oversee things, and that's part of any structure. And so a wineskin has a structure, but it's an adjustable structure. There will be recognized leaders, and then there will be openness to new leaders. You know, this is the thing, and I'm so glad this church is like this, that we have within our potential as a church, every time we gather that if Caleb senses a leading of the Holy Spirit... Now, there's one thing about Caleb that I think he needs to work on. The man just thunders at the mic and just beats you over the head with exactly what he's trying to say. Have you ever noticed that about Caleb? No way. No way. He has this gentle authority that flows out of him so beautifully you know, you're not perfect, Caleb. I'm not going to make your head real big. I mean, you know, I've heard you hit a wrong note once in a while up here. I'm kidding. I don't really pay attention to that. 
Everything Caleb does is wonderful. So anyway, but he became, my point, (laughs) I usually do have a point when I'm going somewhere, I just sometimes don't get there. (laughs) But the point is that Caleb was used by the Lord to be a new leader this morning, right? He led, he stepped out in front, and he directed us under the unction of the Holy Spirit to go in a certain direction. And that direction opened a door in the spirit realm that manifested in the physical realm, in the natural realm, and that we all flowed into. And by the way, if you're new to the church, we don't have a problem being emotional around here. And it's a good thing. And what I love about this church is you can be as rational as Mr. Spock, or you can be as emotional as the doctor, right? And that's okay. You're welcome here. Yes. In order for that kind of structure to work, the person who is in leadership, which was Bethany today, had to be willing to let that happen. Do you understand? Yes. With not only letting it happen physically, but also willing in her heart to give that over. The powerful have to be allow their power to go elsewhere. Yeah. And that's, that's critical. It's really critical. And the scripture that applies there is submit yourselves one to another. So it's interesting what the Bible says. The Bible says submit yourself to leaders... But then the Bible says, submit yourselves to one another. And the implication there is that the Holy Spirit could be operating through any of us at any time. Right? All right, next slide, please. New wineskin leaders based on anointing, not titles. I want to say something about this. Now, see, Caleb does not have a title called keyboard leader (laughs) in this church. There's been no title given to him. And yet the Holy Spirit used him and he was obedient to what he heard. He, was, he heard what the Lord was saying to him and he stepped into it. And so he led and there was no title involved. The worst thing that you can have in a church or any kind of kingdom organization, well, maybe not the worst thing, I can think of worse things than that worst thing, but <laughs> a worse thing, oh, a bad thing <laughs> you could have would be Those who have ecclesiastical titles are not walking in the anointing that that title should presume that the person has, right? So you have an unanointed titled person. That's not a good thing. That puts everybody in confusion because if the the wineskin is of God, then there will be those who are anointed to lead. They might not have the titles, however, And so people get confused and and upset. Apparently, this is a team teaching. Come on up here, Lynn. Yeah. When This is a little-known fact, but when we first started meetings, it was real interesting because Bruce actually didn't want to lead at all. And any demonic person off the street could come in and hijack the meeting. Remember that, those days? Yes, I remember it, but I didn't think you were going to say that. (laughs) So it can also happen that somebody who is not a leader can take over. 
And that's not good. That's another bad thing that can happen. That is another bad thing that can happen, yes. You know, one thing I've learned about Lynn, (laughs) the older that I get, and she gets older too, though she doesn't like to admit it, but (laughs) you are younger than, and you do like to admit that, right? That you're still younger than me. So anyway, thing I've discovered about Lynn, I don't know whether you husbands will kind of agree with me on this, is that they have amazing memories for things. Yes, Lenny said, women do not get hysterical, they get historical. But Lynn can call up a memory from, I mean, she can tell me anything, and I believe it, because I don't remember, I don't remember back then, right? So it does no good to say, no, that didn't happen, I don't remember it, because I don't remember it, so how do I know whether it happened or not? As a matter of fact, I think this might be a little trick of yours. <laughs> I remember the days. <laughs> and when you bring up the memory, then I something, some synapse flashes into some brain thing. And I do remember a little bit of what you said. But I remember that, and you're right. Because I really didn't want to be ever in a position where I was walling out the Holy Spirit. And I think that's actually a good impulse, but it needs to be balanced. Yeah. Okay. So leadership, uh, there are two passages in Scripture which talk about the gifting, or I would argue another word which would apply would be the ministry of leadership. And the first one, Romans 12, 8, is actually a uh, list of um, uh, gifts that uh, 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 God gives into people and gives into the church as well. And it's simply simple. If you lead, in other words, if you're a leader, do so then alertly and responsibly, or the... Uh, New American Standard says do it with diligence. I forget what the King James says, but it's similar to that. So if you're a leader, you're to do a good job at it. You're to pay attention to it. You're to make sure that you're occupying the position of leadership. Now, the Greek word used here for lead uh, is a word that actually means to stand out in front and to kind of point the way. So the Greek word is prostatus, but you don't need to know that. But if you're a word person, you'll be interested because that literally means pro means forth, out in front, and stasis means to stand or to be in position. So a leader, according to this definition, means one who stands out in front or is kind of either physically or, or, you know, spiritually or metaphorically out in front, kind of pointing the way, saying this is the way to walk, walk in it. All right? Secondly, another... um, place in scripture talks about leadership, 1 Corinthians 12, 28, administrations. Now this word, interestingly, in the Greek is a word that means one who pilots a ship. So it's one who, who actually steers, navigates through whatever needs to be navigated through. Now sometimes the pilot, in fact, in fact I think it was typically true in the ancient world, probably in the modern world too, that the pilot of the ship was not the captain of the ship. The captain of the ship is the one who has the overall understanding of where the ship is to head, but the the pilot is the one who actually kind of hands-on, literally hands-on, steers the ship in the way it ought to go. So this is another word for leadership in the body. I actually think that these two words describe two different kinds of leaders in the kingdom of God. We'll get to that in a minute. 
So what a leader does in general, guides, sets clear direction, establishes the way, and brings people along in it, becomes responsible, accountable, protects, cares for, monitors the functioning of the organization. So leadership is a gift of God. Leadership is God's idea. So when an organization gets to a place where things are happening in uh, the organization that require some kind of coordination of the elements of what is taking place in the organization, then God will put leaders into place. Maybe one leader would be needed. Maybe multiple leaders would be needed. Okay. How we respond to leaders. Hebrews 13, 17 Scripture gives us very clear understanding of how we are to respond to those whom God sets into leadership. And by the way, I want to say this, that you could be a very high-level leader in your particular sphere of influence. You could be really good at what you do and know how to lead, but when you go into another sphere of influence and there's another leader, you come under that leader. It is wrong for you to come in and try to lead where God has not anointed and appointed you to lead. It will be out of order and God will not bless it and it will produce discord in the organization. So two verbs in the Greek apply to how we are to respond to leaders. Number one, obey them. So we talked about obey. Obey means to do what you hear. So leaders are responsible to hear from God. This is in kingdom organizations. To hear from God what God is saying, what God is saying can never contradict this ultimate leadership book. All right? Never follow a leader who tells you to do something that the Word of God prohibits clearly. Every leader in the kingdom of God is under the authority of God through the scripture. So every leader can instruct you. I can, I can, I can instruct Justin over here never to steal. Do not steal, Justin. Don't rationalize that, dude. Never. Do not steal. It's very clear commandment in scripture, right? So I'm on very solid ground commanding you as a leader not to do that, right? And so your obligation is to obey me. And sometimes leaders will instruct people in what they don't know is in the Bible. And so part of what we do is teach what's in the scripture and teach people to obey God in the scripture. But I have no authority to lead you if I ever lead you beyond the clear parameters of scripture. So, same thing is true with regard to leading of the Holy Spirit that isn't necessarily a moral issue, but it could be a a directive of the Lord. I'm very careful. If you come to me asking for guidance in a particular practical area of your life, I will give you guidance that's based on the clear principles of Scripture. And if I hear something from the Holy Spirit, what I'll share with you is, this is what I'm hearing from the Lord And I want you to take it and you pray for it. You pray into it and see what God is saying to you. Because unless it's, now it can't be violating scripture, but if it's not thoroughly embedded in scripture either, I don't feel comfortable commanding you to do something that I can't embed completely in scripture, right? I see my job as being 
under the authority of the Lord in Scripture. So, now, what you've done, for better or for worse, you've trusted me to provide whatever kind of leadership I provide in this church. So you have implicitly signed on to the fact that you think that I hear God pretty well here in, in the church, for the church, right? If you ever lose confidence in me and my ability to hear from God to lead, leave the church. I won't kick you out. You just, you just better find somebody you do trust. Seriously. Not trusting that the leadership is in touch with God and is sharing his and is sharing God's revelation with you is a good reason uh, to leave a church. Okay. So submit to them also. That word submit has been misunderstood. We have a lot more material to get through, so I don't want to spend a lot of time on this. But submit's different than obey. Many people don't realize that when they teach, especially on husband and wife relationships. But they're two different Greek words, and they mean two different things. Yes. Submit means to come under for the sake of protection and honor. Come under for the sake of protection and honor. But remember that there are specific areas where we are to submit to certain people, but overall we're to submit to one another in reverence for the Lord. So there's a sense also of coming under what God can provide through each other in a family. That's why people who, who are Lone Ranger Christians place themselves in a dangerous place because they're without the, if I could use this term, the, the spiritual covering that God provides to a family or a body of believers because they're submitted to the Lord and they're designed, a church family is designed to minister Jesus in little ways to each other. So if you're out of that family, you don't have that ministry. You don't have that input from Jesus. Okay, so let's move on. Next slide, please. New wineskin traits of all kingdom leaders. I'm going to go quickly. New wineskin leaders understand the wineskin's need for flexibility. We've talked about that. New wineskin leaders do not lord it over others, but are responsible to serve, not to dominate and control. We've talked about this, right? So it's not the same to tell people in a church what to do that God tells you to do in the word. That is not lording it over. That is simply exercising the kind of righteous leadership that shepherds and other kinds of leaders in a church ought to do. Lording it over means you listen to what I say and you do it because I say it. And because I want you to know that I'm above you. And by the way, I have a strong need for control as well. I'm a control freak. And you're under my control. Deal with it. All right? So no, no, no. That's fleshly. That's worldly. That's characteristic of the world. Great men exercise authority over them. Jesus said, no, it won't be like that in the kingdom. You will come alongside and you will serve them. You will, you, when I serve my wife, I don't, I don't t- command her and tell her what to do. It doesn't work anyway. So, but, <laughs> but if, I come, if I serve her, I come up and I say, honey, how can I help you to do this thing that you're doing? You know, or what she'd love to hear me say is, would you mind if I did the dishes tonight, sweetheart? <laughs> 
but you just start doing them. Oh, I just start doing them. And you do that. You do that. Thank you. Yes, I do do that. And I get the warmest thank yous from her when, when I do stuff like that. It's really great. So anyway, when I come alongside her and serve her and help her achieve what God is setting before her to do, because after all, she's God's daughter before she's my wife. And so I come alongside her and I enable her, I facilitate her in fulfilling God's obligation on her life. And so that's the best thing I can do for her. I don't lord it over her. I tried that. I was taught that. Early on in my marriage as a young believer, I was taught that it was my responsibility to control this lady, to... Yeah, I've got work for you. <laughs> <laughs> there is no answer needed, I'll tell you that. Let's go on. Next slide. New wineskin leaders understand the places and key functions of apostles and prophets. Apostles and prophets are important in a kingdom mechanism, a kingdom church or a kingdom parachurch organization. These, these are important functions. Even if the people are not called apostles or prophets, if an organization permits God to move as he wants to, there will be people in the church who are acting in the anointing of the apostolic and the prophetic. More on that later. I could get into I could get into all of these points, but we don't have time. New wineskin leaders know the spirit-led mission and how to develop a wineskin to get it done while task-focused, they still care for those who are following. They also know how to properly utilize the talents and skills of those on the mission. They foster a relational atmosphere of prayer, Mutual submission, love, encouragement, and humility. Huh? Make it a two-parter? Okay. Well, make it a third-parter. We'll make the second part two-parter. <laughs> All right. See that? I am submitting to my wife. I'm actually obeying my wife. Actually, I, I'm obeying my wife. See? Now, I could get out of obeying her if I just turned my hearing aid down. <laughs> then I wouldn't hear her. And if I didn't hear her, I wouldn't have to do what she says. Just talked to a guy really, who so just got hearing aids last month. And I won't tell you what he said about not wearing his hearing aids around the house. Ah! So anyway, sorry. Uh, stand up, please. <laughs> Why did my wife leave? (laughs) Lord, we thank you for you. We thank you for how good you are. We thank you for how free the atmosphere is when you're in control. (laughs) And we praise you for the love and the kindness and the grace and the honor that you permit us to give one another, Lord. We love you. We, We love what you're doing. We want to partner with you all the way, God, and into the future, wherever that takes us, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Healing ministry up here to my left, prophetic ministry up here to my right, all general prayer needs right here in the middle. You okay? 
You okay? I didn't. All right. 